Good morning, Chevis Oaks Baptist Church. It's good to see y'all. Well, kind of, kind of see y'all this, this morning. I'm glad that you tuned in to, to see us. I uh, want to take this opportunity to just, to, to, and just thank y'all for, for tuning in and anybody who is out there who is new tuning in. It's good to see y'all. We cannot give you a welcome pack, but you just, just I hope you feel welcome here this morning. Uh, I want to ask each one of y'all to do something. Some of y'all have been doing it the past couple of weeks, but right now, wherever you are, if you will just let us know, just in the comment section, just type your name, tell us where you are, who all is watching the service with you. Uh, we, we just want to know where you are and, and what's going on. Uh, let us give us some feedback on, uh, on what you see and, and how the service looks. Uh, to my Chevis Oaks people, I want to just thank you and applaud you for all that I've seen and heard this past week of how the, the church doors may be shut for a, a short period of time, but we are continuing to serve our Lord. It might, might be even more than we normally do. Uh, I've heard of people who are taking food to our shut-ins who can't get out, offering services, running back and forth to the grocery store, picking them, uh, picking things up for them, calling them, being in contact with them. It's, it's been just wonderful to hear all the stories. Uh, we had a safari here. Uh, this past week where the children with their parents went around to different houses. Uh, I think Amy started it off and the night that she was doing it, I think she had 14. And as she said, this is the last call. It went from 14 to 24 or 28 houses where people put animals out for children to go by and take pictures with it and win prizes. And uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun uh, to see the children come by our house to see the, the animals that were in the front yard and just, just to fellowship with them for just a short period of time, with social distancing, of course, uh, just to see them was, was great. Uh, also got to see and also got to hear uh, uh, stories of, of people who were serving in different aspects all week long was, a, was just a great thrill to my heart. Yesterday, as, as I was coming, uh, Amy has a sinus infection. I was going to Walmart to get uh, some medicine for her. There was a man broken down in our parking lot, and I pulled over. He didn't know who I was, and I spoke with him, and he needed gas, got him gas, asked him if he needed food. He needed food, and, and talking with him, he knew Howard and Shirley Holman, and uh, as he was coming in the door to get food, he had his, the owner of the Driftway Cafe <laughs> wanting to talk to me and uh, just telling me how much he loved them and how much you know, he was praying for them and how much... Uh, he just loved seeing them every time he saw them. So it, it's wonderful to hear all the stories. Please, if, if God is using you in some way, uh, please let us know. We, we just want to praise God. This is usually when we have a testimony time, and we want to testify to God of how God is still, he is not, he has not stopped. The gospel is still moving forward, and we just want to praise him for that. Uh, thank each of you for tuning in again. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you, and God, we praise you for who you are. We thank you for loving us, Jesus, and we, we understand that we would not know how to love other people if we didn't have the love that you gave us in us. So God, right now, wherever we are, Lord, I pray that you would help us just to, to worship you in fullness and in truth through song, through, through the reading of your word, through the preaching of word. God, I pray that, that you will be exalted. God, your name will be lifted on high. You are worthy of our praise and all that we say, all that we do. Help us to lift our voices in our homes right now as we sing with our praise choir like we would when we stand in your assembly here at this church in this sanctuary. Help us to lift our voices unto you and praise you for, your, for how much you love us and all that you've done for us this week. We can't wait to see what you're going to do this week, God, but we need your power. We need your strength and we need your spirit. So, Lord, I pray that you would fill our cups this morning, that we might be righteous to serve you throughout this week. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. We may not all be together physically, but that doesn't mean that we can't praise our God. So let's just collectively lift our hands, lift our voices, and praise our Lord.
through a fire and our faith is purified through a fire as well and I spoke with somebody last week and he shared with me he said that if our thought is that we want to get back to normal what normal was then we've missed a huge opportunity a huge opportunity to be purified through the fire for our faith to be grown through walking through a difficult time with our Lord. So my prayer is that we would not just get back to what normal was, that we would grow in our walk and we would grow in what God calls us to do through this fire that we're walking through right now. 
you all know that uh, this past week the deacons and I did meet. We were in Terry Chapel and we met for about an hour, hour and a half. Uh, I guess the first 30, 45 minutes was us just talking because we hadn't been able to talk and we wanted to talk and uh, we wanted to be around other adults and we, we, we had a good time just, just sitting and talking but we did talk about things that are going on, things that are happening in ministry uh, and as you saw I guess with the email it was sent out and it was posted on Facebook as well. We are discontinuing services for 
the near future, anyway, we're going to continue to meet every two weeks uh, to just see what's going on and just get the, the, the ideas from, from each other as to the direction that we, we need to take. Uh, thank you for, again for all turn, turning in, tuning in. I know that uh, we have some church members who were in North Carolina. I think Tashonda Plum and her, her family are in, with her parents up in North Carolina. And they're, they're tuned in. I, I think my daughter Emily in Greenville, South Carolina, with my granddaughters, uh, Winnie Kate and Wiley Gaines and my son-in-law Will, they're, they're tuned in. Uh, I believe there's some friends from Kentucky who were, who were tuned in. They said they were going to tune in. Patsy and Ronnie Sexton, I believe, said they were going to be, they've watched the past couple of weeks. Good to see y'all. Uh, also, a friend of mine that we, we met on vacation years ago, Ross Ramon, Romain, said that he was going to tune in. Uh, Ross, I, uh, Ross, I hope you're here now. Uh, good to see you. Hope everything's going well for you. Uh, turning your Bibles with me this morning to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Last week as we continued in our series, Issues of the Heart, we looked at the issue of service or serving God. We looked at an event in Matthew chapter 14 verse 13 where Jesus was mourning the death of his cousin, John the Baptist, yet still moving forward in his ministry needs. Things are going to happen in our lives. Things happen in Jesus' life. And when things happen, you don't just sit down. You keep moving forward. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to sit down. He wants us to feel sorry. He wants us to feel sorry for ourselves. He does, God doesn't want us to sit down. God wants us to continue moving forward, always knowing that ministry and the gospel still needs to be spread. So that's where we found Jesus last week. He was sorrowful. He was mourning the death of his cousin, John the Baptist, but he was still moving forward. We saw that when Jesus reached the shore after a short time of seclusion, that he was met with a large crowd. Jesus looked at that crowd and saw every need of every person in that crowd. He did not look through the crowd or past the crowd. He looked directly at the crowd. When Jesus saw the people... Scripture said that he had compassion for them and healed their sick. He, he had just taught his disciples a great lesson on how to minister to those in need. When the apostles tried to, to send the crowd away, Jesus told them, you feed them. We learned that this is the lesson we as the church of today need to understand and apply to our Christian walks. God created us to serve him by serving others. God blessed us, not that we might be a blessing unto ourselves. God blessed each and every one of us that we might be a blessing unto other people. That's still true today. Today we're going to look at another hard issue. And this issue is a hard issue. This issue may have, be, be, it might be responsible for sending more people to hell than any other. The issue we're going to talk about is the issue of religion. The issue of religion. Now before I read this scripture, I just want to, I want you to, to understand that, that Jesus is talking to the, the Jews. God's chosen people. God chose this nation from a pagan named Abraham and he made them into a great nation. A great, great, unbelievable group of people. He, he gave them everything they needed to succeed. But now Jesus is face to face in confrontation with the very people that God so richly blessed. So let's see what their heart issue is this morning considering religion. Let's look at Matthew chapter 12. And we're going to start reading in verse 1. At that time, Jesus passed through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick and eat some heads of grain. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. And he said to them, Haven't you read what David did when he was hungry? Uh, how he entered the house of God, and they ate the sacred bread, which is not lawful for him or for, for, for those with him to eat, but only the priest." For haven't you read in the law that on the Sabbath days the priest and the temple violate the Sabbath and are, are innocent? But I tell you, 
that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what this means, if you had known, if, if only you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Moving on from there, he entered the synagogue. There he saw a man with a paralyzed hand. And in order to accuse him, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, What man among you, if he had a sheep that fell into a pit on the Sabbath, wouldn't take hold of it and lift it out? A man, a man is worth more than a sheep. So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to them, then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and it was restored. As, as good as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. Let's pray. Father, we do again come to you asking forgiveness of our sins. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to please forgive us where we fail you. We pray that you would just settle us right now where we are. Help us, Lord God, to hear a word from you. Lord, I pray that you would hide me, you would settle me, Lord, that I might proclaim the word that you gave me this week to those who are here listening. God, we pray that, that you would be exalted, your name would be lifted up. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. So the, the title of this message, again, is the issue of religion. R religion. Now, to, to understand, before we can move any, any, any depth uh, further, we need to understand what this religion is if, if religion is a hard issue. So what is religion? Religion is a social, cultural system of designated behaviors and practices. Morals, worldviews, text, sanctified places, prophecies, ethics, or organizations that relates humanity to supernatural, transcendental, or spiritual elements. However, there, there is no scholarly consensus over what precisely constitutes religion. Religion is a method man uses to try to appease God. Let's say that again because we really need to let that hit home. Religion, religion is a method that man uses to try to appease God. And you need to understand right here, I'm going to stop in the middle of defining what religion is. We cannot appease God. There is no way that we can appease a holy and a righteous God. If you look at our scripture today, you'll see a group of people who have taken what God has given them, what was perfect and blessed, the Jewish nation, and made it into a systematic religious machine of do's and don'ts. They had taken the commands of God and, and added almost over 300 additions to what God gave them or told them they could and couldn't do. It was nothing but don't do this, don't do that, don't touch this, don't walk this far, don't walk this less, don't, don't eat this. It was a bunch of do's and don'ts. They were becoming machines. Religion is a heart issue because man thinks he is pleasing God by doing something that he can do. Listen, religion will send you to hell. Scripture tells us that religion will send us to hell. Being wrapped and encased in something that we feel it makes us secure and blessed and, and righteous. And that's what the Jews were doing. They, they, they thought that all that they were doing made them so high above everybody else. But what it did, what is, it, it encased them in such a way that they couldn't understand the true heart of God. So their religion was a tremendous heart issue that they needed to deal with. So we see in verse 1 and 2, as we look at what our scripture is telling us today, we see in verse 1 and 2 that Jesus and his disciples were walking from one place to another, minding their own business, and they got hungry. 
just like many of you, you, you're, you know, th- this past week you were just walking around in your house. You were walking from the couch to the bathroom, and you, I'm, I'm hungry. Listen, they, they were actually working. We, we haven't been working all that much this week, but we hungered just as they hungered. And, and when they said they were hungry, so they, they picked of the fruit of the field, and they ate as they walked. Now, did Jesus know what his disciples were doing? Did Jesus know? When I talk through the life of Christ, that's one thing we need to understand. When you open the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you can automatically tell yourself that Jesus knew. Jesus knew everything that was, was taking place, and Jesus knew what his disciples were doing. So yes, did Jesus know that, that, that they were being watched by these legalistic Jews from afar as they were plucking the field? Yep, Jesus knew. Jesus knew that he, was, he and all his, his disciples, as they walked through that field, they were being watched. Did Jesus know that what the disciples were doing was going to cause confrontation? Well, I just told you, Jesus knew everything. So yes, Jesus knew that as they walked through the grain fields, they plucked and they ate the grains, or, or whatever your translation says, as they ate the fruit of the field, that they were being watched and their very actions were going to cause confrontation. So yes, he did. And that's exactly why he was allowing everything to take place. Jesus, understand, the, these, these Jews were, they were rebuking Jesus and his disciples for eating of the field on the Sabbath day. But we need to understand this. Jesus had no problem with rebuking his own disciples when he knew they had done wrong. Just a few weeks ago, we, we looked at the scripture where Jesus looked at his, his, his disciples and he said, Who do you say that I am? And they said, You're, you're Lord. Who do people say that I am? Excuse me. And he said, John the Baptist and this and this and this, Moses. And he says, Yes, but who do you say that I am? And remember, Peter said, you, you, You're the Messiah. And Jesus said, Rightly so. That, that's great. And then the very next verses... Jesus is telling them, listen, I'm going to die. And Peter said, no, no, that's never going to happen. And Jesus looked at Peter and he said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus did not have a problem rebuking his disciples. And if they were doing something wrong, Jesus right there would have rebuked his disciples. Jesus, we need to understand here as we look at this scripture, Jesus is about to teach his disciples and the legalistic Jews of that day a great lesson. A lesson's getting ready to be taught. A great lesson's going to be taught. Listen, when Jesus is teaching, we need to pay attention. So right now, we need to stop and say, okay, what lesson could it be that Jesus is trying to teach me this morning? None of us are beyond this scripture, myself included. None of us are beyond this scripture. So before we even get to the first point in today's lesson, we need to see a lesson that needs to be learned in verses 1 and 2. We see the Jews looking at others' wrong doings. Look at verse 1 again. It says, At that time Jesus passed through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick and eat heads of grain. But the Pharisees saw it, and they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. So we see the Jews looking at others' wrongdoings. Now please understand here and take note of the first lesson. Here it is. When you have religion in your heart instead of a relationship with Christ, you will easily, easily, so easily find fault in others and not yourself. Religion makes you feel so sanctified and so, so privileged and so high above everybody else. That, listen, you're, you're so great and you're doing everything so right. You, you are self-appointed to tell everybody else what they're doing wrong. And when you do that, you can't look into yourself and see what you're doing wrong. You see, religion wants you to tell people what they're doing wrong. A relationship with Jesus Christ automatically lets you know what you're doing wrong. And listen, I, I, don't, have time to, I don't have time to tell other people what they're doing wrong because I've got to deal with me and mine. That is what a relationship does. Religion wants you to condemn somebody else. Relationship wants you to get on your knees and confess to Jesus. That's the difference. 
So we see that first lesson. Jesus then gives these legalistic Jews two illustrations as to why their religious thinking is wrong, seen in verses 3 through 5. Now, here's the lesson. Number one, Jesus says this. He, he reminds them of David. Now, the reason he uses David, he could have used many, many illustrations, but the reason he used David was because the Jews held David in such high acclaim. Now, he reminds them that David and his men, when they were fleeing King Saul in 1 Samuel, they appealed to the high priest for the bread. And many of y'all know the story. Saul was, was hunting David down and, and David was running from place to place and he would get just ahead of them and, and they didn't have time to build a fire or, or, or hunt food and, and they, they found themselves at a, at a, at a place where, where the priest had made the showbread and they ran into where the showbread was and they asked for the bread. Now, did David know that this was not the right thing to do? David did. But the hunger exceeded everything that was in him. The priest thought about it, and he understood that the, the bread was for the priest only. There were 12 pieces of showbread that were made with the finest, finest flour and the finest elements, and, and they were an offering unto God. And when David asked for it, and the priest considered it, the priest gave David the bread. Now, understand this. Understand when David received the bread, and he and his men ate the bread, that what took place was from God. God's wrath did not descend on them. When they ate this bread that was sanctified to God and was for the priest only, Jesus is saying, look, you know, you need to remember David. You, you need to remember David. As you give us or, or you accuse us of, of doing what you're, you're accusing us of doing, you need to remember David. David did what was unlawful, just like you're accusing us of doing something that was unlawful. Did God's wrath descend on them? No. Hey, guys, let me ask you something. Did you see us eating in the field? Did, did you see us, because we were hungry, we ate? Let me, did you see God's wrath descend on us? God's wrath doesn't come from you. God's wrath comes from God and God only. Then Jesus goes to his second point. He, he points the priests to the temple, the temple of God. And he says, he, he reminds them of how the priests uh, violate the Sabbath laws every single Sabbath day. And listen, they're, they're, they're considered innocent. Well, hold on a second. What do you mean the, the priests? The priests violate the Sabbath? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. You're not supposed to work on the Sabbath according to the Jewish laws and traditions. You're not supposed to work whatsoever on the Sabbath. But the priests do. On the Sabbath, they, they have all the animals come in and they sacrifice from sun up to sundown these animals all day, every day. They don't stop working. Yet they are considered innocent. Now, Jesus has got these guys against the ropes. Jesus then makes a bold proclamation to the Pharisees seen in verse 6 through 8. Look at verse 6. Verse 6 says, But I tell you something. Something greater than the temple is here. Now, these Jews, nothing that was outside of the temple was greater. Nothing. But Jesus is saying, listen, something is greater than the temple is here. If you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would have not condemned the innocent, my, the, my apostles. And here it is. For the Son of Man is the Lord <coughs> of the Sabbath. <coughs> now, Jesus just rung their bell. I'm not so sure that they understand yet. They're getting ready to. But he just rung their bell. He just stepped on their toes in one of the greatest ways. Now, you, you realize, you, you do realize that Jesus desires his believers to show this same mercy, right? We're, we're, we're supposed to show the same mercy. When we see people doing something they shouldn't do, we're not to have a condemning attitude towards them. We're to love them the same way that Jesus loved us. Well, how, how is it that Jesus loved us? He loved us in our sin. Every single day, Jesus loves us in our sin. 
Now, when we do not show mercy to other people, we're not full of Jesus, we're full of religion. When we see people where they are in their life, and they're doing things that they, they know they shouldn't be doing, now, we as Christians should, you know, in love, tell them, say, listen, I, I want to pray with you. Or is there any way I can help you? Is there anything you need? Uh, that's what God wants us to do. But when we, when we condemn them in such a way that the Pharisees are condemning, condemning Jesus and his disciples today, listen, we're not showing mercy. We're showing our religion. And our religion does not show, uh, surpass the mercy that, that God has given to each and every one of us. Now, as we step back, just when you think it can't get any better, because Jesus is, he is telling these self-righteous, legalistic Jews, Jesus, you know, is telling these Pharisees what for. It just can't get any better. Jesus knows that, that he has the Pharisees' blood boiling. He, he knows they're hot, because he has just declared himself as the Lord God of the Sabbath. Now, that, he, that, was, that was created. The Sabbath was created so that, that man could commune with God and not be imprisoned by him. As all this is taking place, Jesus walks away. Jesus walks away knowing they are still following the, him. The Jews are still following him from one place to another. So they walked past the grain fields with him. They, they encountered Jesus there. And now they're following Jesus wherever he goes. And Jesus walks right into a synagogue where there sits a man whose hand is paralyzed. Now listen, I, I love my Jesus. I, I truly believe that when Jesus walked in the door of that synagogue, he walked right up to that man. He looked at the man and then the Pharisees and smiled. I, I believe he walked in and did this right here. He looked at the man. He looked at the Pharisees. He might have done it twice. He might have looked at the man again, looked at his hand real close, might have bent down and looked at the man's hand and then looked at the Pharisees. And then I believe Jesus smiled, knowing what was coming next. They tested Jesus again. They said, is it legal to heal a man on the Sabbath? Is it legal to heal a man on a Sabbath? Now think with me here for a second. Just that very question just that very question. You, you have a person. Now remember, you know, God, Jesus has just talked to them about mercy, and they didn't get it. Jesus had just explained to them the whole extent of what mercy was, and they didn't get it. Now they're asking him, is it legal to heal a person on the Sabbath day? Somebody who is in need. Somebody who is hurting. I, you, there, it's a limitless list of things that could be on this list of can you heal a person on the Sabbath? It's very evident that these legalistic Jews didn't get the message Jesus had just taught them a few minutes ago. They didn't get it. So Jesus looked at him and he says, let me ask you a question, fellas. How many of y'all who had an animal that fell in a hole, your animal fell in a hole on the Sabbath that you wouldn't reach down and get that animal out of a hole? Now, we don't know what their answer was because Scripture doesn't record it, but we, we can pretty much say, I mean, an animal was very valuable to, to the people of that day, even if it was just one because th that, that animal might produce food or milk or, or clothing, just one animal. Uh, it was very valuable. So, yeah, they, they, would, they would get a, an animal out of a hole. Jesus then looks at them and says, how much more is a man worth than an animal? He doesn't, even, he doesn't even give them an opportunity to, to give a, a, a reply to what he has just asked them when he turns around and he looks at the man with the withered hand and he says, stretch forth your hand. Stretch forth your hand. And our scripture this morning tells us that his hand was just as good as the other one was. That's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. Church, they tested Jesus because of their religion. They had no relationship with God. They tested Jesus because they were full of religion. Now, let me ask this. 
what, what is the difference between religion and a relationship? What's the difference between being religious and having a relationship with God? The difference is a heart change. It's a heart issue. You see, you may, you may have been going to church your whole life, and you keep going to church because it's part of your routine of who you are and who you've always been. Everything you do for God is to fulfill a little checklist that you have stored up and put in your pocket, really to please, this is who you're pleasing, you're pleasing yourself. You're pleasing yourself to make you feel like you're, you're making God happy. There's nothing that we can do to make God happy. Please understand, Scripture says our righteousness is like filthy rags in the sight of God. When we're trying to please God, we're, we're thinking we're, that we're righteous. And our self-righteousness is like filthy rags. It's, it's, it's dirty, filthy rags in the sight of God. Religion gives you the mindset that I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to check this off. I, I, I've got to do this on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I've got to do this at night. That's what religion tells you you have to do. Relationship gives you the mindset that I get to do this for God. I don't have to. I get to. I, I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily have to, but I want to. I want to do more. I want to learn more. I want to give more. The more I study, the more I pray, the more I spend time with God. And I don't study enough. I don't pray enough. I don't read enough. I don't spend enough time with God. I don't think any of us ever can. But the more I do those things, the more I understand that it's not enough. There's never going to be a time where I've done enough for God. I've spent enough time with God. I've prayed too much to God. I've read too much of the Word of God. I've learned too much. You see, religion will tell you you've done enough. A relationship wants you to have more and more and more of who God really is, the essence of God. Church, we live in a time when we don't need any more religion. And I want to say that again. Please hear me. We live in a time where we, none of us, need any more religion. We need more of Jesus. Religion nearly sent me to hell. Before I accepted Christ as my personal Savior, I sat in my room and, and I wondered who is right, who is wrong. Because each different religion has different mandates or different requirements that you have to, to, to go through to be a Christian. You've got to do this. You don't touch this. You've got to light this candle. You've got to say this Hail Mary. You've got to make this sign right here. Religion will send you to hell. It's time that we look past religion and see what Jesus says each and every one of us need to do. But listen, when I accepted Jesus as my personal Savior, my want-tos all changed. All of my want-tos wanted to change. You see, religion makes it hard to find God. Jesus made it easy. Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he said, listen, unless you are born again, you cannot see the, you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't enter the kingdom of God. You cannot. Nicodemus said, how can I enter my mother's womb the second time? You know, how is this possible, Jesus? Jesus said, unless you are born of the Spirit and the water, you shall not enter the kingdom of God. All of us have been born of the water. We were inside our mother's wombs. But now we must be born of the Spirit. Scripture says in Romans 10, 9, if you, if, conditional, starts with if, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. If you will believe with all your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. Scripture says, not religion, not, not the, the, the Methodists, the, the Catholic, the Pentecostals, the Church of God, the Baptists, the Southern Baptists, the 62 different types of Baptists. But Scripture says, Jesus says, and I'm tired of religion. I'm tired of man relying on religion. We need to rely on Jesus and the Word of God. Jesus said, if we'll do these things, we will have eternal life. Man is looking. Man is serving. We don't need any more religion. We need more of Jesus. Jesus is all we need. Jesus is all we've ever need. And religion has watered down and told us we need something else. And you do not. All you need is Jesus. All you need is Jesus. Do you realize that when you're in a healthy relationship 
with someone that your desire is to be with that person more and not less. Let me say that again. Do you understand that when you're in a healthy relationship with somebody, that your desire is to be with that person more, more, and not less? Your desire is to know more about that person and not feel like you know enough. When you are in a healthy relationship with a person, you desire to be as close to them as you can possibly get. You do not try to distance yourself from that person that you say that you love. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how long my marriage would last with Amy if I looked at her and said, listen, baby, we've spent too much time together. And we've spent a lot of time together these past two weeks. And I, that, that is one aspect of, uh, of this, you know, whatever you want to call what's going on is going on. That's, that's one aspect. I've, enjoyed, I've been with my wife just about 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the past two or three weeks. And it's been wonderful. I love it, but can you imagine I, I got home today after preaching this service and I said, look, I'm going to go upstairs. I'm sick of you. I've had enough of you. Do you think that would bring us closer together or drive us apart? Well, of course, it, it drives us apart. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm going to go pick something up. I'm going to pick me something up to eat. You, you just get something at the house. I don't know how it would work at your house, but that wouldn't work at my house. It, it, it's not happening. I, I'd get in trouble. Listen, when you love somebody and you're in a relationship with somebody, you grow stronger and closer. You don't get further apart. When you accepted Christ as your Savior, you became part of the church. Whether you realized it or not, when you accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you became a part of the church. He calls the church his bride. Jesus calls his church the bride. My question to you right now is do you have religion like the Pharisees? They thought they were so close to God, but they were full of religion. This morning, do you have religion like the Pharisees or do you have a relationship? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Now, how can you know whether you have religion or a relationship? Check your heart. You, this is a hard issue. Do you look at the do's and don'ts and, and you, you openly and you, you might not verbally condemn people, but in your mind you condemn people all the time. Oh, I can't believe she's doing this. I can't believe he's doing that. I, I, I just, that, that's horrendous. Do you condemn people or do you show these same people mercy? So, thirdly, you need to check your actions. You need to check your attitudes. Church, we do not need any more religion. I, I'm, I'm, I, when people ask me, what church do you, what type of church do you, do you pastor? The first thing I tell them is, I, I pastor a Christian church. I'm a Christian. I am a Christian first. I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ first and foremost. Nothing else matters more than that. Nothing more should matter to you than that. You're a Christian. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. I align myself with the Southern Baptist Church because Southern Baptists do more missions than any other denomination in the world. That's secondary. We need more of Jesus in our lives and less religion. Is that your desire today? Is that your desire? To have more of Jesus and less of religion. To be filled with more of Jesus this morning. I want to pray and then I'm going to give you some follow-up thoughts. Father, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for who you are. God, I pray that you would help us, help, help us to rightfully see ourselves for who we really are. Are we following the, the man-made precepts of religion in our lives or have we truly accepted you as our personal Savior? You made it so easy for all of us to accept you. We can't understand what's taking place today. And we surely can't understand what's going to take place next week as we celebrate Easter if we don't have a relationship with you. Help us, God, right now today, if we've never accepted you, just to pray this simple prayer. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. Jesus, I believe that God truly raised you from the dead. 
So please use me and save me and help me to be useful to you for the rest of my life. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer according to Scripture, not according to religion, if you prayed that prayer according to Scripture, you're truly saved. Start walking towards Jesus. Start reading the book of John, the Gospel of John, and see where Jesus will take you. As we conclude the services this morning, I want to, again, thank each one of you for, for tuning in. I want to thank you for, for how you're continuing to give to Chevis Oaks Baptist Church. Uh, if, if you would like to give, you can mail uh, your tither offering to the church offices. Uh, you can drop it by the church office physically Monday through, through Friday here at the church. There's somebody here at the church from 9 to 1, uh, sometimes 9 to 4, depending on where we, we might need to go. Or you can, we have an online account. It should be on our website or on the church's Facebook page. We thank you for that. This, this past week, we were allowed to do some things that, that just bless my heart. Uh, there was a church that contacted us, a, a friend of ours in the Savannah area, uh, who are trying to, they're up and running on the internet as we are right now, but they, they were really struggling. And they came and they spoke with Neil, our superman who was running all this equipment. And they, they were able to get some help, but the church went a step above and beyond, and we, we physically, financially helped them. That was a tremendous barrier to, to be able to successfully do what we're doing. So thank you. Please continue to give. Please give to your church. Uh, ministry still needs to move forward. It doesn't matter what's taking place. Thank you for this day. May God bless you. I'll see you again next week. Amen.